Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Friday morning. Wow, is it good to be home. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys, you have no idea. This month is just insane for me. So, as you all know from this week, I went to a conference in Chicago, came back home, and I'm home for a few days, and then Sunday, I have to take off again for a board meeting in Colorado. I go to Colorado, do that for that week, and I'll be getting back, I think either Thursday or Friday, not sure yet. Then the following week, I have to leave on Monday again to go to New York because we are interviewing for a new position at uh, at the place that I work at, and, and we need to actually do in-person interviews for the final round of candidates, and I'm part of that process. So it's just like back to back to back, just craziness, and I am so not the person for this, you know? Like, I can do one trip, and I can do it really well. Two trips in a row... That has never really even happened to me before, and this is three trips in a row. <laughs> so it's like, oh boy. But anyway, you know, honestly, I after having this first trip, looking back at it with some retrospect, you know, I think that I think that I'm in a good position to be able to handle this. If this was a year ago or two years ago, even like I don't think that I would be as ready for this month as I am now, even though it seems a little daunting to me. But a lot of that does have to do with Kratom. And a lot of it doesn't, you know, just as a person, like I feel like I'm developing myself more and I feel like I'm I'm more ready to handle things that I'm not quite ready for, <laughs> if that makes any sense, if you can relate to that. Like you're never going to be ready for everything, but you can you can be the sort of person that that is okay with that. And that's something I've been working on. And Kratom has helped me with that a great deal. So, um, you know, I'm not going to be talking about that today just because, you know, I've talked about travel enough with everybody. You're all probably sick of it right now. But um, but that'll probably come up at some point since that's kind of like my whole month is just traveling, honestly. So I, I can't lie. It's, it's a lot of my firsthand experience. But what I did want to talk about was uh, I, I thankfully got a great email from someone who listens to this podcast. The email came from... Krista. And Krista, I want to thank you so much for listening in and for thinking of me. Krista sent an email with some uh, articles and these four links that she sent. She said it's part of a four-part series from this January written by someone whose nephew passed away and happened to have Kratom in his system at the time. Admittedly, they're pretty in-depth and I haven't had a chance to read them thoroughly yet, but I definitely am interested based on what I've skimmed. So I thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, You know, she mentioned that it must be tough to come up with content for every single day. And I admit, totally, definitely true. (laughs) It's definitely difficult. Sometimes it just comes to me. Sometimes I have something I've been planning for a month. And sometimes it's like, (laughs) you know, last minute, I'm just like, is anyone talking about Kratom today or not? (laughs) Give me something. So, you know, I mean, like I can always think of something to talk about, but sometimes it's it can be it's not like just like, oh, you know, hit record, you know, so so it's definitely helpful to have things that you find interesting sent along to me. And um, 
I really appreciate it. So thank you so much to you, Krista. Um, She sent along really interesting links. I'm going to include all of them in the description of this podcast. I'm probably going to have to revisit these in different episodes as well because there's a lot here and, and it's all good. It's all good to talk about. So if you're a listener and you have topics that you want to hear about, or if you come across an article or a tweet or anything, firsthand experience, someone you hear, you know, you overhear talking about Kratom at the supermarket, you know, whatever it is, if you want, uh, send it along to me, anything, everything Kratom at gmail.com. And I will happily take a look and maybe put it in an episode. Um, It's great to have the content. And of course, this is all about you guys. It's not about me. So I want this, I want this to be about a creative community and, and you are part of that. So if you have something you want to hear me talk about, send it along and I will. So thanks again to you, Krista. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch on one of these articles today. So I'll include that link on top of the others in the description of this podcast, but you can check out all of them. The reason why I want to start with the second one in this four-part series is because it turns out I've actually already covered the first one. So I read it, I think, pretty much right after it came out, within a few days, and I did do an episode on the first one. Uh, So uh, without, you know, repeating that episode, it covers basically the intro into why this four-part series is taking place, and it's all spurred by the fact that the journalist who is doing these articles uh, found out somewhat recently that their nephew their sister's son had passed away at 21 years old and it apparently was because of kratom it's worth the read and i have to say before jumping into talking about more of this stuff i always am 100 transparent about this i do not deny anyone's story when they say that someone who they loved or part of their family died from kratom i never deny that it isn't a factor or that it isn't possible because that's just not only would it be based on no research because I have to research it first so I would never react that way and it's also just it's rude you know and and it just having a brother who was addicted and he ended up taking his own life but he he um there are many times when he almost died from overdoses I have a I just can never assume that a family member is like you know, coming at this wrong or with an agenda that is anything evil or whatever, you know? So I think that that's important. We should always remember that. Um, The first article is very much worth the read and it very much puts into question how safe Kratom is. And I think that it's important that we validate people's stories. And so I encourage you to read that that first part. But again, I did do an episode on it. Um, There were things that I didn't agree with uh, after looking into it, but there were a few things that I did agree with. I think actually this four-part series is one of the first things that called my attention to Kratom extracts as being something that I don't know if I support. So um, definitely something that I would love to jump into. And now let's do it. So I'm going to jump into the second part of this four-part series. And these are very long and detailed articles. So this will be a bit of a longer episode. I'm going to walk through things that stuck out to me and try and give you context without just like reading this article, which would probably take a really long time for me to read on this podcast. (laughs) So just a heads up. So the second part of this four-part series, which is all in courthouse news service, uh, is called Addiction in the Kratom Business. And it starts off by talking about this person who I'll try not to use names, even though you can check it out and read if you want, but I try not to use names when I don't need to. So it starts off with this person 
and they are having a tough time. Um, this is in 2018, and they're having a tough time because they're very stressed out because their wife is dealing with cervical cancer, which had gone away, but it, it came back. And um, he's he has two kids. One of them is on the spectrum of autism, and uh, it's just it's incredibly difficult on their family. So it starts off with that context and saying that as a result of that stress, one day he stopped by a kava bar in Miami and drank several bottles of a concentrated herbal extract, which is kratom. Um, When he got home, it says he got a shot of vitamins and took his regular Xanax plus more of the extract of kratom. Okay. And then it says a few hours later, he was dead from an overdose and, um, and his, his wife actually passed away a few months later. So it's a tragic story just to start off and heavy, you know, this is very heavy and, and it's a, a lot to think about. And Kratom is, you know, one of three culprits as far as we can tell from the starting of this article. So there's a vitamins shot. Don't know which one that is, which vitamins there is Kratom lots and lots of concentrated extract kratom and then there is xanax so um it seems like he drank six of these kratom shots or kratom extract bottles so it turns out that um they did some digging right and they understood or their immediate reaction to this they believed that kratom and the Kratom shots may have reacted to Xanax, which this person was prescribed. Um, They said that the hospital wasn't helpful in determining that because they didn't have any knowledge of Kratom. They said that the place that he bought the Kratom from was not regulated and it was out of business by the time, you know, this of this article's writing, basically, Um, which is an important factor as well. So this is just all information gathering to start, you guys. Like, think about all the factors already. And this is on page one. (laughs) <laughs> so there's there's a lot to this story. Um, so now we have vitamin shot, Xanax prescription, lo- like a lot of kratom in extract form. Um, and, uh, and now we know that the kratom came from an unregulated source that has since shut down. So the family then went to do some digging and they wanted to sue the kava bar that, that sold him this kratom. And the bar had gone out of business by the time they were trying to sue them, you know, and to figure out who the manufacturer of the Kratom was uh, originally. Uh, It says that the case was, uh, it ended up being settled in early 2020 uh, with a payment to the family. So that is a lot to take in, right? And my initial reaction to this is, you know, you get the feeling that this uh, four-part series is about... Um, and I know this because I read the first one already as well, that it's about trying to show that Kratom is not just la-di-da, that it is not... Basically, this is trying to show the antithesis of what the AKA tries to show, which, you know, there is that need of information out there. So we we need the anti-lobbying group, right? And, and this is kind of like its manifesto here. They're trying to show that people do die from Kratom, or at least in part, Kratom plays a pretty big role. Um... It makes references throughout this article about how, you know, people say, oh, all the deaths that involve Kratom, they also have, uh, you know, fentanyl 
involved? And they say, no, that's not true. There are plenty of cases where people don't have that involved. Um, a lot of cases the FDA haven't formally published yet, which I think that that was an interesting thing to look into. Um, they say that all there's a lot of information about how kratom coming from gas stations and unregulated kratom is this huge problem. And this is kind of getting to the crux of it. This is kind of getting to the theme that I both agree with and don't agree with when it comes to this article. It very much is saying in many different places, and I'm trying not to just read the article to you, but um, also give a brief summary if you want it. The general gist is that this article says in many places that um, it's not all la-di-da, kratom can be dangerous, and it seems to be the most dangerous when it's coming from an unregulated source and in combination with other drugs. And um, this, this is the thing that I, I both see what they're doing and I, and I agree with it and I don't. The thing that I agree with and that I, I admire about this journalist um, is that they are, they're not afraid to point this out, you know, like Kratom is not all great and Fuzzy Wuzzy was the bear, you know, like this is, it's pretty weird, right? That like so many vendors of this substance that is a very powerful plant and can have very, you know, positive effects, but negative if you have too much, um, that, that so many of the vendors of this plant are unregulated and that so many people who die who have ingested Kratom the day of their death are ingesting Kratom from an unregulated vendor. Or at least, if not unregulated, that the manufacturing processes are not transparent, right? That's really what it is. It's not necessarily regulation, but, you know, more about the practices going into producing and manufacturing this Kratom product and you know what they're doing with it and what are the what are the circumstances so that that's really what i mean so i think that in that regard i'm very happy with the fact that they aren't afraid and they're unashamed to point this out over and over and over again look at this unregulated there's you know no oversight this is very shady it's not just combining it with other drugs like you they made a mention at one point that um, looking into, you know, this study of testing Kratom at this gas station from different vendors, they found that um, two vendors that have, uh, you know, dedicated themselves publicly to good manufacturing practices, their Kratom was clean, quote unquote. And then all the others, like 80% or something of the ones that they tested that were not regulated or, you know, devoted to clean manufacturing practices, ended up having high levels of nickel and other metals in in their kratom and that's scary so totally now the other thing though and this is what i don't like about the narrative here um or maybe more like it's not included enough this is kind of saying that kratom is not getting a real good honest look from the public and people who are proponents of Kratom are not considering how dangerous it can be when you take so much of it in extract form and also getting it unregulated. And the thing that's wrong with that narrative, I think, is that the whole Kratom movement is for regulation. Like, I've never, I've never met anyone so far who has said that there should be 
absolutely no oversight. I've had conversations on this show where people say, I don't think that necessarily like the Kratom Consumer Protection Acts are the right way to go. So, um, you know, there are people who are a lot more, they think it should be a lot more hands off. And I have had uh, a message on YouTube uh, recently from someone who said, I'm afraid of, you know, if we start having regulation, it just goes downhill from there. And then, you know, they're going to continue regulating until it's very restrictive. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't just stop with a KCPA. And I was like, wow, I hadn't thought of that. You know, it's not just like a temporary temporary or immediate thing. It's like this is a long term thing that can continue to be regulated. Um, but but overwhelmingly and from the AKA, at least, um, and, and also from many, many, many uh, conversations and Twitter posts and everything. Overwhelmingly, I think the majority of people who use Kratom celebrate whenever a KCPA is passed. I mean, seriously, it's like balloons in the streets and everything. So I feel like I feel like there needs to be that specificity um, and, and there needs to be an equal amount of focus. Yes, totally. Unregulated kratom in you know in these gas stations people should know that they probably shouldn't trust those totally absolutely but to say that that's the reason why kratom should be outlawed you know that's making such a jump it's crazy the other thing this person drank six concentrated shots of kratom and had xanax I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Xanax interacts with Kratom in such a negative way that it could kill you. If you take that much Kratom specifically, that's insane. I mean, like, who knows? Who knows? And, and, and totally, that doesn't represent Kratom in and of itself because that's a product, a concentrated product, and it's someone who took a lot, you know, with the knowledge included in the article and recognizing that the amount that this person took was like, you know, I can't remember the number, like eight, 10 times, something crazy of the amount that is recommended by the AKA. Um, so there's that. It's like, it's not just Kratom kills. It's like there's personal choice involved, you know, and um, and that that has to be included. It has to be included. I have to say that. Now, moving into another aspect of this article, which I kind of like because it challenges my current view of, you know, the lobbying industry around Kratom, is that they get into talking about the AKA and even more specifically, Dr. Henningfield, who is, um, he works with Penny Associates. He is a professor, an adjunct professor, excuse me, of behavioral biology at John Hopkins School of Medicine. And he often comes in with the Kratom crowd, you know, like he and Mac Haddow are definitely on par with each other in terms of like their roles and trying to uh, generate support for, you know, KCPAs or at least not having Kratom be illegal. And I've always found Dr. Henningfield and his testimonies to be fairly straightforward and clear. But this article does point out a few things that I thought were interesting. They piqued my interest. So it says that Dr. Henningfield, uh, his main job is with Penny Associates. And it says, according to its website, Penny Associates helps clients to reduce their regulatory risk and enhance the commercial value of their life sciences products. There's something about that that kind of, it just gets me the wrong way. 
I guess that's all I can say. Um, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting you know statement and mission and and that's what they do because if you're conducting the research but your mission is to help clients to reduce their regulatory risk and enhance the commercial value of their life sciences products what kind of research are you going to find and do um that being said he's a scientist and you look at his research uh it's like not like he didn't do research the way science is done right so it's like even if he has a motive to help Kratom stay legal and open, you know, do you? how do you fake a study, a scientific method-based study? Um, so then I read on and it says, there are no meaningful data on the prevalence of addiction in the population of Kratom users, Henningfield wrote in an email, citing his own research and two other studies, uh, one of which he had a hand in, concluding that most users do not report addiction and many who do describe it like caffeine addiction. Um, the journalist in this article then says none of the three studies focused on addiction. All three were conducted via the AKA's website. An anonymous online survey of Kratom users w- was conducted in September 2017 through the American Kratom Association and associated social media sites. So that's just like getting people who are mainly already proponents of Kratom to to you know, talk about it. So you're not necessarily going to get a good uh, read on what people actually find when they take Kratom. Um, Mainly, you know, you're not going to get the negative as much probably. And then it says a second study was produced from the same online survey. It did not ask users if they were addicted to Kratom. Then the third and largest study, which was conducted in 2016, um, there's Oliver Grunman, who's a clinical professor of pharmacology at the University of Florida, and he drew this study from an earlier AKA-directed poll, and um, he coordinated with Dr. Henningfield on it. They found that nearly 80% of respondents, working people in long-term relationships earning middle-class wages, said they used Kratom responsibly in low doses with no problems. Um, so then they said, you have to take it with a grain of salt though, because it was a biased sample. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there. And, and the final takeaway, which it was, you know, this is what they said in the article that, um, from Dr. Henningfield and Grunman, they said that, you know, you should always consult with a healthcare professional, but people who take Kratom responsibly and at the low doses that are generally seen as, you know, appropriate don't have problems. So with this second part of this four-part series being read uh, for myself, I think my takeaway continues to remain the same, which is that I find this valuable to my own views of Kratom and to continue challenging my current views of Kratom. And it certainly, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, this certainly continues to push me away from from extracts. This makes me more worried about Kratom extracts. And again, you know, it is just personal choice at the end of the day. Like, no one forced this person to take that, and it wasn't the standard dose. They took six shots of Kratom extract. Um, I'm not looking even at the Xanax aspect. I'm, I'm, you know, although I think that that is a huge, huge 
factor. So that that must be considered. But just looking at the extracts aspect, I've always been a little bit, you know, cautious about thinking about extracts. And now my hesitancy is really strong these days. So this is further bolstering that hesitancy. I think that kratom extracts need to be taken very seriously and with great deal of caution. And personally, I'm just going to avoid them. I've never had kratom extracts, shots of kratom per se. I I don't think I ever will. Um, It seems to me they're way too prevalent in these cases where people do pass away. Um, And although pretty much all those cases or most of them do involve other drugs, I do not count out the possibility that kratom extract plays a role. So, um, so I would personally say that that's my main takeaway that I agree with from these articles so far. I'm not done with the series yet, so it's hard for me to really do an overall takeaway. Um, at the same time, I think that the emotion, and I say this with a huge and heavy heart, being someone who's lost uh, an addict in my own family, I think emotion is getting in the way on this one. I think emotion is getting in the way, just in terms of the banning aspect. I don't think that banning Kratom is necessary at this point in time. I'm open to more information. I'll continue to learn, and I'm going to keep looking at this series. Like, let's cover all of it. I think it's great. Um, I want to push myself, and and I want to push my thoughts on these sorts of things because if I'm if I'm not taking into account experiences and accounts, you know, who am I to have an opinion? So I'm going to keep reading these. I'll keep on sharing what I find with you all. Um, but I, but so far, I think all I, all I've come away from right now is that extracts are scary and, and regulation is important in my opinion, or at least having a very, um, clean, clear standard of manufacturing process or practice that vendors should agree to. I don't think banning Kratom is the answer. So that would be my takeaway from this. That is a very long one, but these articles are long and they inspire a lot of thought. So I do appreciate them. And once again, thank you to Krista for sharing these. Um, whole lot of material. <laughs> That's for sure. Lots to talk about. Okay, everybody. So I hope that you have a great weekend. Um, thanks for sticking with me if you did through this whole episode. It was a long one, but wanted to, you know, wrap up the week with a longer one since I've been traveling and had some shorter ones and this month is going to be a lot of shorter episodes so I hope that you find it interesting uh share with me any things that you see that are interesting that you want me to talk about and I'd be happy to all right everybody have a great weekend and we will be back on Monday talk to you then bye-bye